All right, Keaton, you're up. All right. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Simply Technical. Uh, Evan Lockhart here and Keaton here as your hosts. We're joined here with Chance once again. It's been, what, three years, two years? Um, quite a while. Been Chance a while. On, the, on the last podcast we recorded uh, in 2020. Yeah, literally one. the day before COVID shut everything down, basically. Right? Was that the yep? Yeah. Was that the episode? That was like the big like prediction of everything episode. Yeah. And it literally happened the next day. <laughs> <laughs> um, I apologize for being so red faced. I was sick. So um luckily we're doing it all in person, so I'm gonna get everybody else sick. <laughs> um we're kind of just gonna we're definitely in person, one hundred percent. Uh Rift, I guess. Is that we kinda just wanna talk just a little about different couple things. We kinda wanna start off with AI chance. Does machine learning all the time. He's a machine. So um, what's kind of your background chance on AI? I mean, obviously you're a software um, Um, software developer. Yeah, background is I'm a software developer. So like tangentially, I am around AI more or less. Um, I've never had a real like official job as an AI developer. Um, but I mean, I did the whole AI couple classes in college and then I've done a handful of like different things with AI. I've had a couple competitions I joined. Um, I did some like, like, uh, I want to say it's the DOD. One of the DOD agencies puts out some competitions occasionally for AI. And so I joined a couple of those. Um, so I've like tangentially been involved in AI and of course I read headlines. So like not super like done it as my day job, but I mean, I'm tangentially involved and can speak to like any technical aspects of it. Um, well, it's been, I mean, the big thing that I'm seeing is, well, I guess the big thing I saw was Alpha Brain. It was like some brand, I guess. I don't know if it's a local company, uh, local to US, but they like did some AI and replaced or did a Joe Rogan on his podcast talking about their product. And it's been like all over my timeline. Uh, yeah, like deep fake style. Yeah. Which obviously it's, I guess it's more in depth than just that, but um I think that's starting to take off quite a bit more. I mean, we've always done the jokes. Like I've seen presidents before of like saying stupid things or um, past things. I don't, I guess, is that going to take off? I mean, of course it will. Any sort of false news, fake news, anything you can make that's, you know, riveting and can get the 60 second short out of is going to be taken off, right? Anything that's popular. So and that's one thing that's going to be harder going forward is like, there's so much of the internet that's generated by AI right now. Like most of the major news sites use AI to write all their articles. Um, most of like a lot, it's a lot of stuff you see on the internet, a lot of web pages when you do Google searches, it's all AI generated web pages. Like there's so much AI generated content at this point that it's going to become harder and harder to know who's real and who's fake. So like, that's going to be a thing going forward of like, we thought, you know, checking your sources was important. Like, in the past 20 years, it's going to be more important in the next 10, just because more of this stuff is going to be computer generated, and you just won't know. Like, it's just going to be like Joe Rogan talking about something else that he didn't actually talk about. And then you're going to have to say, oh, well, that's not the real Joe Rogan account. You know, I got to go to the actual Joe Rogan account, and he never said that. You know, so there's checking your sources is just going to get more and more just due to the fact of, like, this stuff gets better and better over time. Yeah, the blue check actually become ends up becoming valuable. <laughs> the blue check that you pay five dollars for now. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, I mean it, that's important, right? Because like, and you get to follow certain people. So like, I feel like AI just segregates the internet more because you end up like getting in your own rabbit hole of like content you follow and certain creators. And it's just harder and harder to find new stuff. Of like, there's a, God only knows how much YouTube content's auto generated. You know, at this point, like videos getting uploaded constantly of like the AI, like some sort of like just computer generated voice talking about something like they went mm-hmm. to a WikiHow article and read it top to bottom and they uploaded that to YouTube. Like there's so much of that of like you get so much of this content just gets built automatically, not even necessarily AI, just, you know, somebody wrote software to auto generate content. And so like you're going to be more and more segregated and like I know these people I like and so I'm going to keep following them, but like finding new people, like, you know, how do you know it's not, it's not fake? That's true. I mean, I, I, I've seen like multiple cases where accounts with hundred, hundreds of thousands of followers turned out to be completely fake AI the whole time. And it was just like some experiment someone was running and it, it like, they'll make like model looking 
girls and then they'll have these massive instagram accounts do that and then i mean eventually it's all like devolves into like porn in the last like two weeks this has been like major news stories with the deep fake uh uh porn stuff i with i don't i don't know i know some content like some like just regular twitch content creator yeah twitch content creators have come up recently like super popular ones of course well, like, yeah, so... isn't, like, one of the uh, most super chatted channels on YouTube, like, just AI-generated, like, girls and stuff? Like, all just probably, generated content? Probably. Yeah. Uh, like, it's, it's a thing. I mean, but, like, we talk bad about the AI content. Like, it's not inherently bad. Like, it can be useful. Like, the AI content can be useful. So, like, no. not that the AI content's bad, but there is just going to be a lot of junk you got to sift through. Um, just because, like... Hey, how do I change my car's oil? And I get some AI generated stupid content that's just like, oh, you locate the drain plug. And it's like, no, I really would have rather seen a 2012 Ford Fusion on how to do it that way. You know, even even though Google gave me the AI generated website that was, you know, four steps to change your oil. So there's just there's just you're just gonna have to dig more to find real stuff. I actually think the opposite or not the not of course you'll have to dig more to find the real stuff, but I actually think the AI generated content like asking the future gener- uh, iterations of gbt will be more specific than just using google like google sucks now google like it's yeah it's ai generated but it's also like if it's not ai generated stuff it's it's just really basic it's hard to find the answer to like your spammy stuff spammy like stuff that's be- that's people, the best way to put people it. took a seo course online and 10 minutes yes. later they made this stupid website that has this one keyword 400 exactly yes yes and it's been 10 times easier for me to just have ChatGPT in my uh, on my other monitor and just ask the question rather than Google it. And the answer is sometimes wrong, but I would say most of the time it's it's been right. Right. Uh, so I guess the next question is, is AI going to solve the problem of knowing what you're looking for instead of like making it worse? I think so. I think it will. I think over time it'll just keep getting better and better uh, to where Google... I mean, it's a, it's a threat to search engines for sure although i don't know how they're going to be able to monetize it super well because i mean the search engines monetize through ads and i don't know how you how are people really going to want to pay for you know a chat bot ai rather than having free search it's going to be going to be an interesting situation i think we'll come up face to face with over the next year maybe two years that's possible. I mean, all advertisement, all they care about is eyeballs. So, like, if people are paying attention to something, that's all you need, right? People advertise Instagram accounts. People advertise Twitter accounts. People advertise on name whatever people pay attention to, and people put ads mm-hmm. there and sponsor money there. So, like, if the, the AI chatbot is the new thing that everybody pays attention to, that's probably where ad money's going to go. You know, it's just like yeah. just how the world works. Of all this ad money gets directed towards attention, but like the ads thing is a whole thing too. Of like. Every day, Facebook gets better and better with a, their ad platform of like, you know, giving you exactly what you wanted. You know, mm-hmm. there's the uh, the old story of like, uh, it was Target or I think it was Target. Like they sent this, like they sent this person uh, or this guy, this guy ads for like baby diapers, and like they knew his wife was pregnant before he did or something. You know, I probably butchering a story, but <laughs> I don't know. I've heard of, like, that. <laughs> was like they they knew before this, you know. They knew she was pregnant before they knew she was pregnant or whatever, mm-hmm. right? So, like, it's all so yeah, you know, it's, crazy it's, stuff, it's, right? Like, uh, women who are pregnant begin to look up certain things and it doesn't, or yeah, it's like, oh, things. hey, we know she's pregnant because yeah. she's been, and, you know, like, <laughs> I mean, there's the obvious, like, hey, you know, how long does it take you to my period or something, right? Like, yes, there's obvious yeah. stuff, but I, who knows what all they look at for, like, so that's like the epitome of like yeah. advertisers know more about you than you do, of like, <laughs> hey, here's this thing you're going to want, right? Um, I mean, we already get the, oh, you Google watches one time and you get watches on your feed nonstop. You already get that, but like, it's just going to get better over time. And it has been right. We've come a long way in 10 years. What's it going to look like another 10? Yep. But like one thing I think it would be interesting to like either build or just like somebody's going to make it is uh, almost weather channel style stuff of like morning debrief type stuff of like AI generated for we're you know we're in oklahoma city right so like you could hop on the youtube live feed of oklahoma city and watch for 10 minutes and get the whole debriefing of the weather and what's going on news articles and everything like all that can be ai generated pretty easily and have just a live stream going non-stop of of more or less the news or a daily debrief kind of weather channel style Mm -hmm. like there's so much of that content that could be auto-generated that doesn't need like 
we don't need the weatherman coming on at 5 p.m. to give us, you know, whatever. Like, we just have a computer spit it out, right? <laughs> we make yeah. a fake a fake weatherman avatar if you really want to keep the weatherman. But, like, some of that type of stuff is just begging to be automated. And then you just hop on and you get your, you know, 10 minutes and you get your daily debrief of Oklahoma City for the weather and, but you know, headline articles and you know name whatever you want to have on your daily debrief but you could also have a customized debrief right like rss feed style um rss feeds aren't as big of a thing now but that's a thing that you know that you could almost you could more or less build the thing for somebody some specific person of like hey you're interested in you know biology news so like your morning debrief is the weather in oklahoma city for the next three days it's biology news plus a handful of other you know important headlines so like there's tons of stuff there though there's just everything's begging for automation but the more we automate, the more we can do too. So like all those people that were doing other stuff could do new stuff. So yeah, all, all those, all those people who do like really basic jobs are, I guess, in trouble. Like, I mean, the basic, the biology news. Oh, we're all in trouble, dude. Yeah. <laughs> there's nobody that's not in trouble. If this yeah. stuff gets good, like there's nobody that's not in trouble. Yeah. I, I 100% agree. I mean, I guess that, that would lead me to ask it. So you probably don't think it's overhyped right now or do, or. Do you think AI, it's AI yeah. is always overhyped, but yeah. there's always use cases for it, right? So, like, I always typically, like, try to correlate stuff back to history because we don't know how stuff's going to hack in the future, but we can, you know, make predictions based on history. And so, like, you know, the Industrial Revolution is the easiest one to talk about when we're talking about all this stuff, right? Is like, everybody freaked out because stuff got automated. Well, but it also freed up a lot of manpower to do other things, right? So the more tractors we have less people they gotta go pick cotton or pick corn or pick you know name whatever right so like there's tons of stuff that are we can automate and make life better right like at what time in history do we have enough free time to have content creators have people that literally just sit down and make content right like never in history so all this stuff just frees up more free time for people to do other things so like your favorite content creator or us or whoever like how many times in history has that been possible of like just do we have enough free bandwidth to do that? And we weren't worried about food, water, clothing, and shelter. I was going to go back. You said earlier that the news is already using this to, like AI to generate their stories. Mm-hmm. Is that like the the top brands like you know CNN, Fox oh, News? Everybody, you, if you if you know the news agency, they're using AI to generate their stories. As in, like, and, like write they, them and everything. Yeah, there may be the occasional like one that's created like one-off stories but like most of them are all scraped from other sites too like if you go look at fox news it's going to have the exact same thing cnn has on it just with slightly different wording so like they're not only like publishing their own stuff that's ai generated they're also scraping everybody else's websites because they don't want to be behind so like oh cnn posted 34 seconds ago about this thing we're going to dump that story in our ai generator generate the fox news version and kick it back out right so like it's just it's just all a big game because they can't be behind so like you get I mean, are you going to find this somewhere? I don't know how many great sources you're going to find about this, but they're doing it 100%. Like, it's all AI generated. So is that the real explanation behind, you know, you'll see, like, the videos where all the news agencies are, like, in lockstep on what they're saying. It's not not necessarily because they're... It's not because they all have the same writer. It's because they're all computer-generated and they're screaming Yeah, yeah, I guess the conspiracy conspiracy (laughs) is that they're given the party line by the higher-up. Well, the party line is the freaking up. website. I mean, yeah, it could be yeah. a party line. I don't know how they're doing it, but the website <laughs> is the party line. I think you can go. Sc- I mean, I could make a new site and go scrape CNN and be just as up to date as Fox News is. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I, agree. I, I saw a BuzzFeed. They they did announce that oh, I was like two, three or three or four weeks ago. They announced that they were going to use uh, GPT to just write their articles and and fire a bunch of journalists I and they're surprised stuff, they're like, not already spiked. using something like that to do oh that. yeah but, but gpt <laughs> the gpt has been so is so much better than it was uh four months ago now so this I, this this thing will take over like you said every news news station and and even like opinion articles will be at least partially ai driven i i, oh, yeah. I write articles well, and i use the gpt to like fill in the gaps like oh how should i say this and it'll spit out something else for me yeah because like you could basically just scrape twitter and may more or less come up with articles right there's been plenty of examples where like there was one tweet and this one tweet caused this whole big news catastrophe to happen it wasn't actually real but just one person tweeted something and everybody blew up about it and like there were 74 tweets about it because everybody was either retweeting it or you know whatever happens and so like there's just there's tons of examples of that but yeah i mean 
if you scrape Twitter, you can get opinion articles real quick. How many opinions are on Twitter? <laughs> Too many. That's <laughs> Just pick your favorite opinion and cool. I have articles. Well, if this, if this has been going on for a while, how do you think bias is put into these articles? Like how big, a, I mean, that's obviously a big deal, right? Like we, we would want our news to be as unbiased as possible. I say that, you know, there might no, be a, a, a bunch of people that don't, but. Um... No, humans want biased news. You don't want somebody that disagrees with you. You want somebody that agrees with you. That's why CNN people watch CNN and Fox people watch Fox and name any other news agency. That's why people watch is because you agree with them. People are, people, people, People say they like seek out other information. They don't. They would rather have their opinions validated than have them not than unvalidated, right? Nobody actually, very few people actually care about unbiased news. So, like, you just build a bias in, right? I guess but, like, you just go actually read the Fox articles compared to the CNN articles and tell me how much bias is actually there in the in the actually written articles. You know, like, I'm not up to speed on who actually is a current Fox News comment or fox news what are they called uh contributors contributors commentators whatever i'm not up to date with who's actually videoing so like the video stuff is probably more biased than the actual written stuff but i would as homework you should go sit down and and debate you know hey look let's go pull up the article side by side and see how much the bias actually differs between cnn and fox and i would argue you're not going to find much bias most of your bias would be in the title that's because nobody reads article so your your ties maybe title may be biased um, a little different way, but I would argue the articles are probably not that that different. So you don't think it's going to be an issue that they're biased? I mean, obviously our news is already slightly biased, but... It's never been an issue in all of history, so it is an issue. Is it an issue, like, philosophically speaking? You know, if you were Socrates th- talk, thinking about this, I mean, yeah, that's not a great thing, but has it ever been an issue in history? Like, we've never had unbiased news. The, the, never, I mean, ever. Because it's impossible, right, if you're writing it yourself. You know, you always have some type of bias correct and the the you know the victor always writes history so like we've never had unbiased news right so like are we ever going to have unbiased news maybe ai will take up the gauntlet but i don't think people will watch it people won't pay attention to it because they would rather have their opinions validated they'd rather feel good than have the real the real truth i think are you are you trying to get at evan the idea that the, the like super ais that are being thrown starting to be built and trained over the next few years you you think they'll have bias automatically built in just naturally because they're being trained off of all this corpus of bias text uh, a little bit but i also think of like is it a problem that we're gonna have you know an ai and a non-human person is writing news for us um that's biased in a certain way i mean but as we've discussed it's already biased so yeah I think it's more of a problem for not the news, like the news, obviously not, but, but the AIs themselves, like, okay, let's take ChatGPT. There's been a lot of issues with the bias and protections it already has on certain, certain deals. Like it'll write a nice poem about Biden. Well, not write anything about Trump. It says he's a hateful device, all that stuff, whatever. I think that, that part of bias for those type of AIs is more worrying because those are going to be more general, general purpose. Like, those will eventually turn into to your kid's math tutor or, uh, you know, people will build uh, f- friends or friend friend bots that, that, you know, lonely people will go chat with where the bias is a little bit more, more concerning. And I think it will, I think it will turn in like what Chance said, it was it, with the social media, it'll become a, your own echo chamber. I, f- if I, I feel like if it's a, like sort of a reinforcement built AI, then it's going to learn your biases and, and just amplify them. It could just be just another addition yeah, to the. I mean, look at TikTok. Look at any of like the the big uh, algorithms that suggest stuff to you, right? Like, if you were listening to unbiased content, you wouldn't keep scrolling on TikTok, right? TikTok TikTok learns real quick what you like watching, and they'll show you what you like <laughs> watching, right? So like, and TikTok's just like the most blatant example of it. I mean, there's tons of stuff of like YouTube Shorts, and I mean, everybody's got their own algorithms to show you what you mm-hmm. like. Facebook got in big in big trouble with it. You know, everybody's got their own algorithms. They show you what you like because if you don't like it, you won't stay, right? Like that's yeah. the whole deal. They're not even they're they're like not even that complex of algorithms either. Like it's it's it it's uh, Instagram's the one I can think of where it will it literally look at how long you look at a picture. 
It's not not about what you click on. It's, it's not about, about whether you like it's it. About it's, about it. it's not about if you comment. It's not about Yep. Oh, I stopped to look at that and I zoomed that, in a little oh, bit. All right. We, we like that one. Biggest, that one's a good one. <laughs> that's the biggest predictor of what you're actually interested in, not not your pseudo uh, interests that you build by liking good things. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No. And, and that's what like a lot of the the algorithms to show you content. Especially like YouTube is one of the easiest ones to point to because everybody wants to figure out the algorithm on YouTube it's all watch time like mm-hmm. that that algorithm basically stops at watch time you know like okay yeah maybe like 10 percent of it you know is follower count and likes and subs and stuff tiktok is straight watch time you watch that thing three times in a row that's suggested you watch it a half a time in a row nope that's gone right yeah so like because it's because like it doesn't care about likes it doesn't care about how many followers you have it doesn't care about anything you could have never posted on tiktok before but you post something that three, that people watch three times in a row that's going to go on feeds. Right? Yeah, and it's so got like, it's got such a fast feedback loop too because you'll watch something, it'll throw something new at you mm-hmm. every every now and then and you watch that one thing twice and it's like your next three videos are the same thing and it's like really testing out really fast if that's a topic you're interested in. And I yep. don't think any of the other others uh, ever did that like Instagram at least would you're like what is the extra page? The explore explore, explore page. page? Yeah. Mm-hmm would it wouldn't have the new topics till the next time you logged in and i've always thought that was kind of fascinating with how rapid yeah TikTok well that's just that's, that's why everybody doesn't like tiktok right that's why tiktok <laughs> is such a big controversy is because it's so fast all these other people wrote their algorithms 10 years ago and they're just slowly incrementing them to be better and better mm-hmm. tiktok we wrote from the ground up for a brand new whole everything right so like tiktok went probably a little too far down the fast learning rabbit hole of like we probably could have slowed that down a little bit and TikTok would have been like accepted a little faster because that was yeah. a lot of the pushback was just because of how quickly it learned what you liked and mm-hmm. what, what you wanted to see um, where you don't see that on YouTube as much. Um, a lot a lot of the platforms have caught up with TikTok or like catching on to TikTok because TikTok was very successful at doing it. Um, but the probably the biggest reason why you didn't see it from the other platforms because they did it slowly. So they would slowly build up over time and you've seen you've been on these platforms for 10 years Whereas you've been on TikTok for two months and it figured it out immediately, right? You were on TikTok for two hours and it figured it out. Yeah. It's so like they're just, yep. the algorithm was written from the, from the ground up and not altered. So all these mm-hmm. other platforms had all had our old school algorithms that they just, you know, incrementally yeah. made better. Whereas TikTok was just ground up, rewrite. Cool. We know everything mm-hmm. about everybody. Yeah. Well, do these big, I guess I'll call them big tech. Um, do these larger technology companies, do they, share information with each other i guess purchase it from each other i mean i I would think so and maybe it's secret maybe they don't even ask they just steal like i mean you know how the world works people that are in like ahead of all this stuff i'm sure they go golfing every week right like um, people talk because people are people right so like there's no doubt that all these people talk to each other that are head of facebook head of google head of you know who knows what um all these people talk just because people are people and they're in the same industry, so I'm sure they golf. And there's probably plenty of conversations that are off the record that happen during golf time or whatever they do, right? It's like, that's just how the world works. But, you know, do they share information? Maybe, but they buy a lot of companies. So, like, if you watch a lot of these big players, Facebook, Google, you know, name a big company, they buy a lot of small companies. So, there'll be, like, small startups that'll make some new algorithm, some new way to do something, and they'll just buy it. WhatsApp, mm-hmm. Facebook just bought it. Here, we got a blank check. What do you want? We're going to buy it. Instagram. So like Instagram, we got a blank check. What do you, you know, are you going to buy it? <laughs> we're going to buy it. <laughs> I don't care what you want for it. We're going to buy it. So like either to stomp out competition or to share intellectual property, they end up buying stuff, um, which is just how like the current way to do, like the current way big companies acquire intellectual property typically is by buying assets. They buy the intellectual property. So like they'll have some R&D department that'll build this stuff, but typically like it's all group think at a big company. So they, they're, they're not as innovative as a, a new startup or somebody outside the company will be. So they end up just buying companies for their intellectual property. Mm-hmm. I and mean, for their fault, for the people we, that care about it too, but intellectual property mainly, yeah. they just, they'll buy like all these artificial intelligence companies that, I mean, that was probably the last five years, all these AI companies that were startups and got to like some cool breakthrough. They just bought them. Like yeah, how I mean, many that, of them actually that, are real. That just happened. Like uh, uh, Microsoft with the open AI purchase i mean they didn't full fully purchase but they have a majority majority stake in open ai now for 
ten billion dollars yep. <laughs> just to yep. get that ChatGPT and all their other all their other models that they built. I mean, it, I guess it all started with the DeepMind purchase at Google like ten years ago, and and DeepMind has been their R and D uh, AI developer, or one of the the biggest ones uh, up to this point. But yeah, they really do just they just snatch up any new development company before it can really like take off to be a massive public public it's easier uh, it's easier they have a big checkbook mm -hmm. okay just write the check i don't care like we mm -hmm. got we have infinite money in our account just write a check we don't care <laughs> so it's just easier and it wouldn't even surprise me if there's like a bunch of these people like that are involved in the you can call it silicon valley but it wouldn't surprise me if a lot of these people actually just start these companies just to sell them out to google like they know hey i've got these seven people that work really well together and they're really good at xyz I'm going to put them in a hole for two years and tell them, do whatever you want, build me something along the lines of, and then come two years later, Facebook buys them because they make some big breakthrough. And this person that started the whole thing and funded it was like a big Facebook exec. You know, that would, none of that would surprise me. I mean, so that's like, the entire venture capital model in Silicon Valley right now is, yeah, is angel you investors want to get acquired. And, <laughs> yeah. And get acquired by angel investors just care. Can I, can you be sold to Google, Facebook, Microsoft, or name one of other big companies, yep. right? Can you be sold to the big company? All right, cool. <laughs> yep. So like, it's all a big game and that but that's if you want to know how they do r d that's a, lo a lot of the r d recently has just been acquiring companies it's is it good i don't know it's working i wonder if anyone's actually done it like determined if it's more efficient that way or if it's just because oh man it's easier like uh, i guess it's a more decentralized approach because anyone can you could purchase anyone rather than that's, trying that's the deal is it's more decentralized of like instead of like trying to get all these people together but then like see once you join a big company like facebook you get pigeonholed somewhere of like you do this one little thing and that's what you always do because basically everybody gets more and more um specialized as time goes on and this is how everything works right the bigger the company the more specialization will happen and so like you just become more and more specialized and you get off in your little hole and you only do whatever you do you know you do these three mm -hmm. things and you do them really well and you're the only guy that does it so like it's just a lot harder for a big company to have an actual r d department um, especially right now it's just you know because like if they then and they could buy winners too right so if you have an r d r d department that's 400 people over there doing who knows what well you could just buy the winners instead of those 400 people maybe get 10 good things out of it so you know that's a lot of salary money when you could just oh we'll just pay a bigger amount for the winner of like somebody actually did something we'll just buy it mm -hmm. and then like so what's the what's the benefit you know cost benefit there of like in-house in versus we know this is a winner we like the product let's just go buy it so we got yeah. the intellectual property yeah so i'm pretty sure they've done the math and it's easier to buy stuff typically i mean I'm, yeah. they do have r&d departments but overall i'm sure they've done the math and realized we want to have a smaller R and D department and just let people build stuff mm -hmm. out decent, more decentralized, and then we'll just buy the winners. Makes well, sense. And manufacturing, it's most of them don't have large R and D. They just wait for their competitor to innovate something on their normal team, and then they just copy it. So, um, like, oh, that was a good idea, and that seems to be selling well. Okay, well, we'll take that and uh, we'll do it because, and manufacturing, at least for smaller companies i guess they don't spend a bunch of money on patents and stuff like that so um it's easier just to steal somebody else's design well there's a i wish i would know what the title was there's a great book about uh millionaires create and billionaires copy or something uh it's something like that i don't, I don't know what the title is but that's the premise of the book is like they do a study of like the all the billionaires over the past however long and um millionaires create millionaires innovate billionaires copy i mean microsoft wasn't the first one to the operating system game but they won facebook wasn't the first one to the social media game but they won you know twitter wasn't the first one to the social media game either but they won pretty well too you know like all these big companies you know about they typically weren't the first one there but they are doing pretty well at it so there's uh i don't know, like I said, I don't know what the book is but there's a book about it but just i mean the basic principle is that millionaires innovate billionaires copy Um, but that's just in every industry, pretty much, right? I mean, that's pretty. Oh yeah, across industries, that's not a real thing. It's just way more prevalent in tech. It's, uh... it's probably more visual. More you can see it more in tech, probably just because it's bigger names and bigger things happening. It's probably just more visible in tech than it is in other industries. But like, also I mean, a lot of other industries aren't doing major improve, major like breakthroughs, like. 
How many how many crazy breakthroughs world. have we had in diesel engines in the past twenty years? Almost, mm. you know, not a whole lot. I mean, we're getting to the like the final little bits and pieces of diesel engines, like, and it's probably maybe another ten or fifteen, twenty years before we have a major innovation with major innovation with diesel engines. So, like, there's just not as much movement in diesel engines either. Like, we've come a long way in thirty years in the technology world, the tech world, and so like this is the current innovation is the tech world. So just also part of it's probably just bias just bias from you not knowing you know just hearing stuff recently recency bias versus actually how it works you know like if you're around 50 years ago 60 years ago and we were having crazy you know whatever name it i don't know some other industry like telecom radio right radio and tv broadcasting right there was way more you know things happening there 60 years ago than there was to dinner is today tv broadcasting mm -hmm. is basically just tv broadcasting we've been doing it for however long 50 60 70 years and we added color at some point no real innovations yeah this <laughs> we, is kind of what we talked pixels. about in the, the first podcast <laughs> that we that we did was uh, yeah. uh the world of bits has advanced a lot in the last 50 years while the world of like atoms like physical products has just incrementally gotten better yeah like how many how many innovations has the iphone had in the last five years basically zero like there's yeah, not yeah, a whole yeah. lot of innovation there. There's really iPhone not that years much. ago is basically the same as an iPhone now, but you got a bigger camera or you got another camera yes. or you have like a few more pixels on your screen or like, or I don't features. know, we made the camera better or we made the camera better. Like, yeah, the leap <laughs> from on the scans your face, you can log in. Like <laughs> the leap from uh, iPod touch to iPhone is orders of magnitude greater than any change an iphone model that they've had since the original iphone came out <laughs> exactly what is what is his name tim cook or whatever like basically you can more or less ai generate his speech for the next iphone release like the yep. last five years have all been the same hey we put a new camera on it hey there's hey you know there's three cameras we put four on the big one so you can get four <laughs> cameras now like <laughs> just how it's just i don't know it's just kind of how it works everything slows down at some point right I mean, I how think, much faster I think have stuff gotten, like processors yeah. and stuff? Our processing power has not gone, you know, like Moore's Law is dead. Like we are not having breakthroughs in processing power. It's just not happening. So like there's just a lot of stuff that slows down over time. And tech is just still the thing that hasn't slowed down that much. I, I wonder if the reason the tech hasn't slowed down is because it's so freaking cheap. I mean, it's, a, it's essentially a kid who has has a laptop can start a multi-million dollar company whereas in the physical world you need millions of dollars to do any kind of innovation so there's a much bigger barrier to entry to innovate in the physical world versus the software world oh yeah no it's i mean it's kind of one of the, like you almost have to hit a home run in the software world to like make it big but like it's a whole lot easier to hit a home run as far as like capital investments concerned right you, mm -hmm. you just put it's more it's more or less time investment yeah. and like how good you are at, at working with technology whether you're better you put these pieces together nobody has put together before or you know whatever it is like how good you are at putting pieces together uh you know maybe your hours worth 10 of somebody else's and you can build a company in you know a lot less time or you know who knows but there's just so much variation in the software world and like the barrier to entry is nothing i mean you have an internet connection if you have an internet connection, you can learn to write software or learn to do stuff with software or learn to do stuff in the tech industry. So, mm -hmm. like, the barrier to entry is almost nothing. Yeah. You know, you know, $200 for a computer plus like 20 bucks a month for an internet connection. Cool. You can innovate, you can make mm -hmm. a new thing. Yeah. Okay. So, that, that leads me to my next question. Do you think like basic software programmers are going to be completely commoditized by the new generations of AI? Yes and no. I think that we will start moving that direction of more generated code. But like, so code generation is already a thing. Like we already do a lot of code generation. And we're basically just consistently making better code generation as software developers. So like, will some developers be out of a job because we can code generate stuff? Probably. But you're going to see it in like the website designing world first. You're going to see it in like the Squarespace type world first, the Wix type space first which those developers are already more or less gone because we have Squarespace and Wix and people can do, build their own. It's just going to be better. It's going to be more like more customized of like somebody can type into a chat what they want and get a, a website generated instead of like actually dragging and dropping stuff. Like you're going to see it there first before you see it in any big industry. Um, but like as with anything, like over time, like as these things get better, we will, you know, pe people will start doing less and less of it, machine doing more and more of it. 
whether it's artificial intelligence or we just get a better way to do it. Um, <clears throat> if you look at languages over time, it was very, very painful to write a web server in 1994. Mm -hmm. It's not very painful now. Like you can basically write a web server immediately because somebody wrote it already and you just use it. So now that's, there's like a ton of different reasons why that's the case, but over time we get better and better at writing abstract code that could turn into machine instructions. Right. So like, Python is a big player right now of like Python is basically English and it does pretty well of like you could write one line of Python and execute 10 billion machine instructions on the one line of Python. But then all that's doing is code generation. It's saying, hey, I know how your one line of Python, you wrote that. Let me translate that into what the machine can write and read and understand. And now it's going to execute it, right? The machine doesn't, doesn't actually understand your for loop. The machine has code generated code from your Python code that understands the for loop. Machines have no concept of for loops. So like there's stuff like that of like everything is code generation if you boil it down to the you know nitty gritty details. So like will that get better? Yes, it's gotten better every year. Um, will we actually will developers actually get replaced by AI bots? Like I said, I think you're gonna see it in the website generation in that realm first before you see it in like actual real code writing. Um, but I mean it's gonna be taken, it's gonna take over at some point because yeah. machines can write perfect stuff. We don't write perfect stuff as humans. So I I think that I mean I'm definitely not a developer by any means, but I I would say I'm like a basic, or I, I can code in Python and R, and I have a pretty basic grasp of computer science. And the even just ChatGPT and GitHub Copilot have 3x'd my output, at least. Oh, yeah. Oh it's, yeah, Those it's are, it's incredible. Going to make you more productive. More, and I, more productive will happen for sure. Yeah, really yeah, quickly. and I and I and I'm always shocked because I talk to software engineers and they have no idea what it is. I'm like, we're oh, well. like so so freaking early on this. <laughs> yeah, and that's the deal. It's like all the stuff's still new, and like that's what I'm talking about. You almost get pigeonholed a lot of times as developers. So like, if you work in small businesses, it's not as bad of a deal. But you work in a big business, you really get pigeonholed into whatever you're doing, and you just do that, and like you don't care. Of like, yeah. I've been doing the same thing for five years. I'm probably going to do the same thing for the next five. And it's just, cool, we're good. I don't need to learn anything. Don't need to do anything. So like, you do get stuck into that mindset a lot. And it's, e it's really easy to get stuck in that mindset of not caring about the next new shiny thing. Um, just because like, I, yeah. I know what I need to do to do my job. And so that's my job. And so, you know. I just, I think that this is going to like launch a whole generation of basically like indie developers that j develop really niche apps because now they have the ability you know everyone a lot of people have their kind of holes in programming like maybe you're better on the back end than uh, ui but now whatever you suck at you kind of have the ai to patch patch you up a little bit and so i think i think it's going to be really easy to launch these like apps and small scale SaaS companies and i'm hoping that that uh you know that it ends up helping out a lot of people but I'm always right, shocked when I hear hear people that haven't been using it. Like my my coworkers, uh, the bioinformaticians, the one who use computer all day long, had no idea. <laughs> like, are you kidding me? Yeah, I mean, it's just easy to stick your head in the ground and be an ostrich, right? Yeah. So, well, but, yeah. If you never I mean, if you never have any pressure or anything, you're never gonna. If you're not forced to improve, why would you improve? That's fair. Sure. Yeah. Or if you don't have yeah, any if it's a job, if it's a job, it's a job. So, <laughs> or if you don't have you a drive pay. to improve, there's no reason yeah. to improve, right? And that's why companies get taken over, right? Like, yes, there will be a 12 year old that writes a new Facebook, and you know who knows when it's going to re be released, but there will be a 12 year old that writes it because <laughs> we have more and more tools over time, and like not only the code generation side, like the uh, the bug detection and stuff, right? So like that's the more interesting side of things, probably for. Uh, big time software firms is the bug detection and like having an AI that can go in and be like, Hey, we see how you wrote the code. I think you missed an edge case. Like you may want to look at this. Right. So like my productivity, you know, is, is pretty good, but like the, uh, like I use JetBrains products and they're like suggestions and like error detections and like, you know, stuff like that, like is insane. And so like, mm -hmm. there's plenty of times that my edit, my code editor will tell me, Hey, moron, you didn't type this right. Fix it. And like that saved a bug. So like the more bugs you can save, the better. Because like software development is like 20% new code and 80% fixing old stuff. And so if the old stuff you can like either automatically fix or like have somebody that's not as skilled go back and look at it and figure out what's going on and fix it because the AI helped them. The AI was like, hey, we think the problem is here. Look here first. And that saved 12 hours of, of like 
troubleshooting for somebody that didn't know what was going on in the code base, right? Hey, we have 10,000 lines of C code right here. There's a bug in it and it's causing this. And if AI could say, hey, look at these 200 lines because it's probably here, then that saved you who knows how much time of reading code. So like that's the big thing in industry that's probably going to be one of the new things that's ripe for picking is helping with bug detection. Um, because bugs, not only do they burn development time, right? So let's say you build some new feature and you spend 100 hours on it. Well, it was built, you know, by, by maybe by somebody less skilled, maybe somebody just wasn't paying attention, maybe had to be out the door fast. Who knows what the reason was? But that 100 hours you burned to build the first time could turn into a 1,000 hours of bug fixes down the line. And so, like, not only do you, like, did you burn the 100 hours, but, like, a lot of businesses don't take into account, like, you could burn 100 hours on something and it have a 1,000 hours of issues later of, like, Developers trying to figure out what's going on. Developers not really sure, really sure what's going on. Developers having to do back and forths with clients that have issues, right? So like, hey, there's a bug. The client found it. Well, the client has to you how to reproduce it. And you have questions about reproducing the bug. And it's like, well, it only happens in these certain circumstances. It only happens on the second Tuesday of every fourth month, right? There's just weird stuff that happens like that. And so you end up burning a lot of time post building the feature, fixing stuff. And so that's, and that's really like, why the more skilled you are as a developer the better you are at not writing bugs of just like knowing where those edge cases are going to catch you and knowing what you can get away with like good enough for now and so like that's really probably the biggest thing right for picking of like saving time is saving time on bug issues or bug fixes of like hey well this is probably a problem you might want to look at this or you know real time if it can fix it real time instead of coming back retroactively looking at it, it's even better because as a software developer you just, you end up with so much stuff in your head it's like you know, so if you wrote something six months ago, you're gonna have to spend two, three, four hours digging back into it to figure out what in the world you did, because that was on your head ten months, you know, six months ago, mm -hmm. and it was really complex six months ago, and I forgot about it because I worked on this new complex thing. Okay, now let me get back into mindsets. You could burn four hours just getting up to speed with what you did, and like to fix it to fix a you know a bug that took thirty seconds, you could take four hours to find it, right? Mm -hmm. And just because you don't know what you're looking for or don't, you know, don't remember how you built something or whatever. And it's yeah. even more apparent whenever you took over a project. Hey, somebody built it and I got a different job. Well, now I don't even know what I didn't even work on. it. I didn't even build it. Like I'm just here stuck with it to fix it. <laughs> so that's to me the bigger thing that could be taken over. Like say the because really most software, most software development hours are not spent writing code. Like it's probably 20 to 30 percent typically. Startups maybe more. Startups maybe on the 50 60 percent time frame, but you're you're not talking over like 50 60 percent, even on like the really mm -hmm. high output of like actually writing new code. Most of it's reading code or or fixing issues or like requirements development, like asking people what they want and then translating it and getting it wrong and that <clears throat> having to go build it again. You know. Yeah. Yeah. So that makes sense. I've seen some Twitter rumors that there's some very interesting models uh, for that purpose in the pipeline. That will hopefully exactly. be coming out within the next year or two, which are uh, not going to replace jobs, right? So that, that, yeah. that that's where I'm getting at. The pro productivity will go up significantly the more we build for development tools, um, but I don't think it's going to replace developers anytime soon. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. This already, I mean, even ChatGPT does really nice. I mean, not not a bug fix, bug fixing at all, but you know, like you said, going back to your old code that you wrote six months ago, what what the heck is this do? You could just copy and paste it into ChatGPT, and it's it works pretty freaking well on <laughs> on uh, right. breaking those things down. So, right, and I don't know. I haven't put a you know a million line code base into ChatGPT or something to figure out mm -hmm. how well it actually works. I don't think like, a million a million lines is not going to upload in the, <laughs> into yeah into ChatGPT. You'll have to you'll have to use the API. It, it'll probably cost a lot because that's that's what the bigger thing is going to be. Is like, can I feed you this million line code base? And you figure out what's all wrong with it, right? Mm -hmm. Can your AI go say, "Hey, I just generated 600 tickets for bug for issues that are wrong with it. I'm going to send my junior developers on these 600 tickets, and they're going to go read the code and see if this is actual, you know, do a triaging of like this is a real real vulnerability, right? So all your CVEs and stuff, like uh, I forget what it stands for, but vulnerabilities, like security vulnerabilities and stuff, like it's possible you could do AI AI detection for security vulnerabilities and stuff like that." So like this can be a really big a really big section of the world if somebody can do it well and do it right, company's gonna pay out the wazoo because like if when you're talking about saving developer hours, from a lot of money real quick because that development hour is hundred hundred fifty two hundred dollars three hundred dollars four hundred dollars an hour and if mm -hmm. you can save them any like it doesn't take very many of those to add up to a big price tag so like if you can you know say hey here's a million line code base here's six hundred tickets you should go look at and send your junior developers at it that you know are thirty forty dollars an hour fifty dollars an hour send your junior devs at it and see and they can triage 
you know, here, here's what the AI thought was wrong. You know, have your junior developer look at it. That's a whole lot cheaper than, hey, senior developer, we just found a bug issue. You're going to sit on a three-hour meeting discussing with the client what the bug was, and you're going to spend another 12 hours figuring out what was wrong. And that, you know, whatever, 14, 15, 16, 18, 20 hours, like it took to like, of that senior developer time, like that's some serious money. Like you're talking three, four, five grand for that one bug fix. So that money adds up quickly. So like if somebody can pull that off, like they're going to, they should be able to make out pretty well and, mm -hmm. and like help productivity a ton. Right. So that's another case of where like somebody could be a lot more productive because they have this great thing that's helping out with and security vulnerability is a big thing. Like if we can help with sev one security vulnerabilities, like, you know, zero day attacks or one day attacks, like that's huge. Cause these companies mm -hmm. pay like hundred, two hundred thousand dollars ransoms for people to find zero days. <laughs> so like if you can have an AI to go generate, go generate those zero day vulnerabilities or at least something to the point in the right direction, like that could be huge. And I want to clarify something. The software developers, they reuse old code all the time, right? It's not like, Correct. When you say it's generating code for you, um, a lot of times you've already generated some of that code before. Uh, am I am I getting those mixed up a little bit? But uh, potentially. So like a lot of what I've seen with ChatGPT is it just taking like some sort of template from some random either Stack Overflow article or like the main documentation for the for that tooling and just like putting your names into the template. Like I haven't really seen like a lot of real like examples of it other than just like, hey, how do I write a React component? And it takes the React to template from the React documentation and spits whatever you told it to put in there. Um, so it's not like, yes, you probably already generated it because React, like just to build a basic React component, you're talking like 30 or 40 lines of just boilerplate junk code you have to write because it's React. But like, that 30, 40 lines could have been 600 lines, you know, before you started using React. So like the React React got the 600 lines down to 20 lines, 30 lines, and then maybe ChatGPT can help you auto-generate auto the 30. But a lot of the times that auto-generation is not complex. It's just, hey, I want to name the component this. Like my IDE does that, right? If I have a React component template, I can go put it in there and I can tell it, I want a component called this. And it goes ahead and spits in the 30 lines of React boilerplate that I wanted in there. Um, so a lot of that's already existing, the really basic code generation. And that's what I was talking about. Like we already use code generation a ton. Like I use code generation on my APIs. So I do, I, I build API documentation automatically. And so I can code generate the API, the, the other side of the API, I can code generate the interfaces. And so like all those interfaces are like, you know, at least 50, 60, 80 lines per API call that I can auto generate and it's just handled. I don't have to go write that code. And if, when I change my API, I just click generate it again and I have the updated updated client tools so like if i want to write the so who's ever consuming my api if i want to if they want to write it in you know c i can generate the c library for it here here's my api library you just call these functions and it magically calls my api so there's just a ton of that of like we already code generate so much of like we just boilerplate code generate right well the python example right if you write a line of python and the actual python interpreter goes and code generates the actual machine instructions to go run on the on the machine so like there's so much code generation already that happens that you wouldn't even know if you weren't thinking about it um but the cool part about something like jeff chat gpt or something is you could write it in english and maybe get a good example of what's going on and have a copy and paste code you can fill in right like that's the idea is you can write in english and chat gpt will create it for you yeah yeah that's the entire entire basis you know you someone who's never programmed that at least has an id and has downloaded all the libraries and so at least someone knows what they are doing can put something in basic English terms and you'll get a basic output that might have taken some time. It, it, the thing is, you you're not going to get uh, uh, what I found is you're not going to get you know I want this app and I want to do this write it in Python code from it's not going to do that for you. It's more like okay, I want to uh, what's a good library for converting text-to-speech uh, or, or, yeah, text-to-speech. And then it gives you, like, uh, some libraries. It gives you some code to convert a basic text-to-speech. And then you're like, okay, the next step is I want to do so, such and such. And then you just go step by step by step by step, essentially the same right. way you would code program, write a program, right. just keep it. It's still fairly rudimentary and basic, but yeah, it's... And that's what I was thinking with, like, what's really going to happen is, like, the Wix stuff is going to say, like, I want a web page to look like Fox News, except I want it to have my stuff on it or something, right? So you can mm -hmm. people can more easily instead of saying instead of dragging and dropping things and doing minor tweaks, people can more easily just write in English or use some sort of 
other abstraction on top of the actual website building and have it right so like that's kind of what i'm thinking like hey i want to like when you're signing up for wix you say i want a chat bot on my website okay cool the chat bot's on your website you don't have to go like set it up it's just automatically set up so mm -hmm. i think that's really where like the most useful stuff's going to happen sooner rather than later is the like the wix squarespace squarespace style stuff i want a scheduling website for my barber shop and it's like pick one of the four upload your photos okay cool the website's done go look at it Mm -hmm. instead of like you spend six hours like well i'm gonna resize this photo here and i'm gonna resize this one yeah. upload here i'm gonna like it's just i told it i want a barbershop website to schedule haircuts and it says okay cool i need seven photos website's generated yeah just yeah. put in enter in your barber information who's the barbers and we're gonna schedule mm -hmm. it right so like that's really where i see the the easiest like low-hanging fruit for right now is that type of stuff yeah. yeah and then of course bug detection which would be cool but who knows how long that's gonna take I think some basic ones will be out in the, within the year, like much better than what you, what's already available, but definitely not, you know, I mean, saving some hours, not, not all the developer hours. Right. Um, well, let's kind of wrap it up here a little bit. Um, Chance, Keaton, do you guys have any hot takes you want to talk about with uh, AI or coding software development? Hot uh, takes. Amazon is going to be flooded in the next six months with new books and new PDFs and new silly <laughs> things about like, people auto-generating all this stuff and just submitting it to Amazon for release. I don't know if that's a hot take, but that's going to happen. Yeah, 100%. <laughs> well, 100%. That, that's Chat GPT, please write me a book on how to change your oil. Cool. Yeah. Amazon just got a book on how to change your oil. <laughs> yeah. Uh, my hot take, which I think I've already mentioned Google in my hot takes like twice out of the seven episodes that we do, but I'm going to do it again, is that uh, uh, this whole last week where they've been getting destroyed because of the ChatGPT purchased by Microsoft and the Bing stuff, I think is way overhyped. And I think I still think that Google has the best uh, AI team and they will weather the storm just fine. I don't think I have any hot takes. I'm super red faced. So, um, <laughs> Chance, where can where can everybody find you at? Where can they look up uh, your super smart ideas and ask you questions? Good question. <laughs> <laughs> Instagram, the real Instagram, C Turner, the real C Turner, yeah, perfect. Um, about we'll, put, we'll put your uh, tags below, of course. Probably should have asked that in the beginning, but oh, here we are. Well, now they know I'm not that dumb, so. Now I like can come check me out. Yeah. <laughs> um, okay. Well, this has been Simply Technical. Thank you guys so much for uh, watching or listening, and we'll catch you on the next episode.